Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Octopus Inc. I'm your host, Annalisa, and today I want to talk to you about brainstorming. But first, I want to apologize in advance if you hear any weird background noise. I try to do things like this at night after my son goes to sleep, but for some ungodly reason, he's still wide awake. Anyway, jumping right in. Brainstorming can be a fun and exciting little experiment as long as you have the right people involved. Of course, there are always going to be some risks when, when dealing with any sort of collaborations, so just keep that in mind. But um, for those who aren't sure what brainstorming is, Dictionary.com describes it as a group discussion to produce ideas or solve problems. Sounds pretty simple, right? I've seen it done a few different ways. You've got uh, the larger groups with about seven people, and you want to kind of try to stick to seven people. You don't really want to go more than that. It can get a little hectic and crazy. Um, then you have smaller groups of three to five people, and then you have the one-on-one -on -one sessions. You can usually find brainstorming sessions within writing workshops or writing courses. Um, and usually, if you're, if you're looking, a quick online search can help you find any local writing groups in your area. And they even have some that are available online, I think. Um, the point of these is to bounce ideas off of each other and hopefully find solutions to any issues you might be having with your story. Um, and helping others with theirs. Or perhaps you have a brand new idea that you would like some input on. You can find out how well a story might be perceived by getting the thoughts from a fellow re uh, writer or even from a reader. Um, so growing up, when I uh, first started getting interested in writing, I used to bounce these like all of my ideas off of my best friend Kate um, all of the time. We would just sit for hours and plot out entire novels discussing what worked for the plot and what didn't, why we liked it, and things like that. Um, and even just last month, I was brainstorming uh, with my editor on ideas for the revision of my novel. She would pitch me a thought, and I would counter it with my own twist of that idea. Um, you know, very, very on-the-spot kind of thinking, and it really gets your brain going. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Um, but I also like it because it's a it's it's always been a way for me to explore my stories further. I can learn all of the little ins and outs that the readers might not want or need, um, but are important for me as the writer to have you know like little backstories, um, parts of the uh, of the world building that the reader doesn't really need to know. But I really like having it. Um, so in larger, more organized groups, it can get a little bit risky because there are so many different thoughts and opinions that can lead to arguments and heated discussions. So it's important that there's um, to establish ground rules and, you know, have a time limit and things like that. A few tips to keep in mind when joining or starting a brainstorming group. Uh, one, set realistic expectations. And what I mean by this is that you want to make sure that you have a plan for each meeting, not just a generalized, um, like, overarching uh, goal for the group, but have something set for each individual meeting. That way, you don't arrive on the day and just say, so, what do you all want to talk about? Um, it'll also help keep your group uh, to stay focused and not waste any of your pre precious time. Sorry, my chair is horrible. Um, 
Number two, get the right group. So whether you are starting a new group or joining an established one, you need to make sure the people you are discussing your ideas with are positive and diverse. You need to be able to trust them and feel safe about you know, talking about your ideas. These are your babies. These ideas are your, you know, these stories, they're, they're yours. You need to make sure that the people that you're sharing them with before their, you know, finished products are people that you're going to be, that you can trust with them, that they're not going to, you know, I don't know, steal your ideas or, or just, um, bash your ideas. You know, you want to make sure that these are the right people that are going to support and, and uh, grow your ideas to the best um, that they can be. Uh, three, find the right space. Make sure that wherever you are meeting cultivates creativity. It should be a space without distractions. Like loud cafes might not work out so well for discussion groups, things like that. You know, you want to avoid the, the loud, the bustle, all that kind of thing. You know, meet in library, conference rooms if you can, things like that. Number four is to set like is to set boundaries and rules. If you uh, if you think having a like a no phone uh, rule is important, go ahead and set that. In fact, it's probably a good idea to just implement that kind of rule anyway. The point is to make any rule any rules that you do have clear and easy to follow, and don't be too strict. Remember, you want this to be a safe space where people can feel free to express themselves. Rule number five, uh, record the meetings, whether it's having someone jot down notes or record it on a voice recorder or something like that. But before you do this, make sure you have the consent of every member of the group to do it. You don't want to be accused of stealing anyone's work. And not only that, it's always, it's always a great, you know, a great way, um, to look back and see if you've forgotten anything. Um, and to, you know, have a copy of all of your ideas. Uh, number six, be critical, but don't be negative. This is probably the most important rule or tip. Um, talking about new ideas is hard and it takes a lot of courage to voice them, especially to a group of strangers. I mean, if that is the case, if it's a group of friends, it's a little bit easier, but it's still nerve wracking to voice your own personal, um, ideas and what you think you want to to uh, write about and things like that. So it is vital that when offering feedback, um, you do so in a way that is tactful and helpful. You don't want to be mean or rude simply because you don't like the idea. And you don't want to just say, oh, I don't like the idea. If you don't like something, make sure you can give the author actionable solutions to the parts that you don't like. If you can't give them a solution, then just don't bring it up because it's 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 entirely unhelpful to the writer to just hear, well, I don't like it. Well, why don't you like it? What doesn't it work? Like how how does it not work? Um and if you can't give them an answer, then more than likely they're going to not even listen to your suggestion. Um so it's always more beneficial to both you and the writer to have some sort of actionable um, feedback that you can give them. And also be sure to tell, tell your, tell your, your peers and your, and the, the writers of your group that 
the things that you like about their their ideas. Don't just constantly focus on um, the parts that you don't like. Always give them stuff that you do like. Like, I mean, you, for for example, you could say something like, "I really like the way you're um, you're describing your setting this way," um, but you could probably use a little bit more work here. Stuff like that. And uh, finally, number seven, um, always be open-minded. Don't get so attached to your own ideas that you are blind to the validity of another's critique. Uh, to be in a brainstorming group, you need to be able to take criticism as well as give it. Um, if you hold on too tightly to an idea, you can miss out on an even better one. Um, these are just a few things that I personally feel are very helpful when brainstorming. Um, now, what I really love are one-on-one -on -one sessions, especially, I especially love to have them with a reader and not with a writer. Uh, this is because they have a different kind of insight that, um, about what they think makes a great book. And sometimes it's different than what a writer thinks. And so sometimes listening to what a reader thinks is good about a book um, can help a reader uh, learn more about the craft. Uh, sometimes they don't always understand why read or why authors do certain things, and they'll want things that just don't make sense with the character or narrative arcs of the book or, or short story. Let them have those. Let them have that. Um, ultimately, you are the author of the story, and what you say will go. However, even in the most bizarre ideas from readers can be a golden nugget of an idea. Just make sure that it makes sense to your story and your characters. If you're brainstorming a contemporary piece with a fantasy reader, don't throw in a dragon just because the reader thinks it'll be cool. Unless, of course, the story involves a contemporary setting with a little bit of magic. You know, it, it's entirely up to you. But just make sure that it makes sense with your genre, your target audience, and things like that. Anyway, that is all I have for tonight. And I apologize if this is a little bit shorter than last week. I haven't been feeling very well today, and I think some sleep will do me some good. I'm also probably not going to edit this, so I apologize for all of the breaks and, and weird transitions that I have. Um, I hope you will join me for next week's episode, where I will be discussing narrative and character arcs. Thanks for listening, and happy writing!